This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome back to the channel and welcome back to another edition of the podcast this evening. We are all smiling because Tottenham Hotspur have just beaten West Ham United 2 0 at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. It's been a good day. Spurs are back into the top four. I cannot tell you how happy I am saying that. Spurs are back into the top four. Highly important. Whilst our visitors today, West Ham, are sitting in the relegation zone. Uh, the South Stand at the moment, I'm, I'm still at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, by the way, and the South Stand are still singing. West Ham get battered everywhere they go. <laughs> uh, on that note, we've got three very special guests to talk about today's game. Uh, we've got back with us actor Ricky Norwood. Ricky, how are you this evening? West Ham get battered everywhere they go. <laughs> oh my God. Love it. Ain't, ain't karma lovely, isn't it? Ain't karma lovely when it comes back and smacks you in the damn face. Well, Bloody hell, what a game. It was a bit flat the first half, I felt, but they were, the boys were going for it. And West Ham were there for the taking. Like Kim yeah. was about to jump onto, you know, it, it really was like a, you know, it, it was a West Ham side without any type of threat, really, you know. And um, they didn't cause us any problems whatsoever. The back three, back five dealt with every problem that came their way, really. Emerson Royal, another splendid, outstanding performance. And another great performance from uh, uh, Davies as well, bro. Like, again, it's another game where I said Davies' name like 14 times. You know, great run. First time he's played wing back for a long time. Great runs, uh, good crosses, good defensive cover as well. He was pretty solid all, all over. And I've just seen that he's got man of the match today. So, I mean, fantastic. I mean, Conte loves a wing-back to wing-back goal, doesn't he? And that's the way it kicked off today. So, I'm happy for that goal. I'm happy that Sonny got back on the, on the score sheet. And I'm happy it's a big three points against West Ham, boy. Because I don't know how we were, what we would have spoken about if we would have lost that today. But also back with us, best-selling author, Kimberly Chambers. Kim, lovely to have you back. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks, Chris. Cheers for having me back on, love. 
Love it. Well, we're going to get into the football in a minute, Kim. Um, also with me this evening is channel regular Craig Dearman. Craig, you've done such a fantastic job on Wednesday night for me, hosting the show. So thank you so much for that. How are you this evening? <clears throat> no worries, Chris. It was a pleasure. Yeah, fan-dabby-dozy. Absolutely fantastic. Can't say much more than that. Well, I mean, you know, if, he, if beating Arsenal's uh, good, beating West Ham's Nearly as good, nearly as good. Beating Chelsea next week would be even better as well. But, you know, West Ham didn't really offer a threat, as Rick said. It was, um, I wasn't concerned at all once we went 1 0 up. I mean, for Craig's apologies for, all right, look, look, we'll, we'll, it, will, it, it will come, it will come. I'm sure I'm not the only one that's berated uh, Emerson Royale over the Fair season. Enough. But, you know, today he was um, he was like the second coming of uh, Roberto Carlos. I swear to God, he was brilliant <laughs> today again. So uh, he was my man of the match rather than Davis. Bit of a tight call, but he was he was brilliant today again. Let, let me just fill Kim in here um, because um, Craig comes on here most weeks, as does Ricky. And Craig has absolutely battered Emerson Royale week after week <laughs> on the channel. Now, I think, I think actually, Craig, we should start with Emerson Royale and we should start with you because he was absolutely immense today and he has been since Pedro Porro has signed for Spurs. Yeah, yeah, yes. And it just goes to show what a bit of proper competition does, you know. Uh, he, you have to say at the moment, he's, he's our first choice right wing back, isn't he? You know, going on Porro's display and that's all we've got to go on. Um, he's he, he's a you've got to play him every week and you know what performance again he was just a bundle of energy up and down the pitch he was sliding into tackles doing no look passes he was he was sensational again absolute credit where he's due he was he was brilliant again and for him to score a goal and you know the two wing backs combined I'm sure Conte's happy about that he want he wanted them exactly where he you know, they, they were where he wants them to be. And one setting up the other, that's that's just fantastic for him. But Emerson, yeah, what a fantastic performance. Again, absolutely brilliant. Is that an apology Ricky. good enough? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure that was an apology. Ricky, can you believe that out of, out of uh, Craig's mouth has come the words, Emerson Royale was sensational today. Did you ever think you'd hear that? <laughs> Well, I mean, you know what? Credit where credit is due. And you know what? As Tottenham supporters, we don't want to criticise our players. You know what I mean? We want them to be dynamite and, and top of the game. And, but we, we can only say what we see, and especially on a show like this, where you, where opinions, and, and, and especially quite close to after the game that we've watched, you know, you can only say what you see. And for a long time, I've, I, I backed uh, Emerson for a long time, you know, especially his first season. I was just like, give him time. He's, he's getting there. We saw some improved performances at the end of last season when he was the only right wing back available. And, um, but then the start of this season, you know, all of the problems that everybody highlighted, the crossing, the overlapping, the running, you know, the attacking play as well as defensive play wasn't there. Um, and it's only right to criticise and say what you see when it ain't there. But what is really kind of refreshing is that Craig, as well as a lot of Tottenham supporters, that gave up on Emerson. And I'm, I've got to admit that, that as part of me, there were some some performances this year where I was just kind of like, I don't know what this guy's about right now. There's nothing that for, for me to back right now and kind of say, oh, well, he's done that, that and that bad, but at least he's doing this right. I couldn't find it. So it took that competition of places. It took that threat of losing his spot. And, you know, we kept hearing reports of Royale kind of saying that he doesn't want to leave. He doesn't want to leave. And... You know, in, in his threat, his position was under threat, 
and his place at the club was under threat. We all heard the rumours it was either going to be him or Doherty. So what he'd done was instead of sulk about it, he put his nut down and went to work even harder. And, and he started to show not only us, the fans, but the club, the manager and his teammates that he can be trusted and he can do a job. And, and we're seeing improved performances ever since we signed Poro and ever since that Fulham game, really. We've seen, like, week in, week out, improved performances. And, and you know, it, it's all right to say that you're wrong. Football will make you wrong more times than it makes you right. Do you know what I mean? Think about all those pundits that have said this, that and the other over the years and how many times have they been wrong, you know? So football will do it to you. And I'm just happy that it's a good wrong. It's, it, I'm, I'm happy that... Craig and myself and even even yourself, Chris, you were talking about right wing backs every single week for I don't know how long. It was a, it was the same boring old sub subject that we had every single week. But this is all we wanted to see from Emerson Royale. We wanted to see the player that he, he is. We wanted to see the player that he, he you know, the qualities that he was going to bring to the field and, and how he was going to uh, adapt to this Conte system and show us what he was about. We knew he was an athlete, but we needed to see performances. And we've seen that week in, week out. And you've seen how not only Craig, but every single Tottenham supporter in the ground today was backing Emerson Royale, was cheering him on, was, was shouting for him to shoot. Do you know what I mean? And so that's fantastic. I, I did see one cross and the cross hit the first man and I was kind of like, all right, cool. So this, there's still a bit of work to do. But you can't have it all, can you? Do you know what I mean? But, uh, you know, uh, at least he, he, he's had a bit of the turnaround that we've all wanted. We don't want to see him fail. We don't want to, you know what I mean, like sell him back to Barca or just get rid of him for just get rid of him's sake. You know, uh, think about Sonny. When Sonny came, you know, he had the first couple of seasons were a bit bitty. And it took that kind of talk from Pochettino to Sonny to be like, look, son, trust me. Like, you're going to be a big boy. You're going to be a, a mainstay. You're going to be first name on the sheet, you know, team sheet and stuff like that. And it took that little kind of a conversation between him and Poch for Sonny to then spring into life and, and be the player that he was. Moussa Dembele is another one. First couple of seasons he was here, I was like, I don't know what this guy's about. He's running around like a headless chicken. He'll run into players and just kind of give the ball away. But then as soon as Poch got hold of him and, and kind of gave him a proper job and a role uh, uh, and uh, responsibility and some faith, he flew. Do you know what I mean? And, and that's what we want to see. We don't want, to, we, we don't want the, the, our players to be terrible players. We, and we don't want to come on here every week and be negative and slag them off. We want them to have great performances. And it's great that he's had a fantastic performance. And we can all kind of cheer in that and, and say, well done, Emerson, for getting your nut down, working hard and showing everybody on the pitch where it matters performances and what you're about. Well, Fred writes here, another much better performance when Conte is nowhere near the team. Um, of course, it is well worth mentioning that Christian Stellini has been in charge of Spurs for three matches whilst Conte has not been in the dugout and we have won all three. We will talk about that later. Kim, let's come to you. Let's get your thoughts on today's game because off air you said West Ham were poor. You were surprised that they didn't give us much more of a game today. I was. I mean, West Ham's one of them sides that, especially against us, a bit like Chelsea, let's hope they don't next week as well, but especially against us, don't matter how they've been playing all season, they do tend to lift their game and put in a battle and really want it and put in a good performance. Today was one of the poorest West Ham sides I could I can remember. They didn't look like they had any for it, any fight. I mean, it didn't seem like their cup final for once. 
um, they did look to me like, you know, especially like yesterday when the other teams around them are sort of picking up points. They did look like, they look like to me, they're in a proper dogfight or they're going to be towards the end of this season there. And it was surprising to me, to be honest with you, when the team sheet come out, I mean, you know, I, obviously I know my football, but like a lot of the players this season, I don't really recognise from like a season or two ago when when, that, when they had, um, you, you know, like a, a more of a sort of t- settled side. I don't know, but um, I didn't really recognise that many players on their team sheet today. And they just didn't look like they was up for it, Chris. I mean, they never troubled us hardly at all, did they? I mean, Forster didn't have to do much whatsoever. So, Kim, the most the most important thing today: Spurs are back into the top four. How are you feeling about that? I'm fe- I'm feeling great about it. I mean, the only thing is we, we need to we need to you know we've got to start doing these putting in these performances week in week out now. Now we're back in that fourth. It's going to be an hard battle to, to, to get there. You know, there's us, there's Newcastle, Liverpool have started to pick up a bit. You can't, you can't like, you know, disregard Brighton completely. Fulham are, are around there. So you've just got to, you know, we can't have another performance like the Leicester game. We really, we've still got like Newcastle away. We've still got to play Liverpool, still got to play United. United are flying, but... We've just now we've got back in that spot. We've just got to try and go on a bit of a run, you know. Other, other teams are managing. Man United are doing it. Other teams are managing to do it. We just need to sort of go out, a bit of confidence, get a couple of free wins under our belt and just sort of go on a bit of a run to sort of, you know, I'd, you know, obviously I'd like to finish, um, you know, I'd like to finish top four again for... I think, you know, where Conte's going to be, be there next season is looking doubtful. But it'll be great for whatever manager to come in to, to have, um, you know, that to look forward to again. And hopefully, like, next season, we might have a better squad, I think, to, to compete for the Champions League. You know, we're getting there slowly but surely. But um, going back to Emerson, yeah, I think he's been immense the last few games. But I'll tell you something, I bet Levy's saving, you know. It's a lot of money to spend just to give him a kick up the backside, isn't it? <laughs> Kim, are you surprised where Spurs are in the table right now? Because there's been a lot of negativity about Tottenham, you know, particularly in the last few months, particularly after the January transfer window. A lot of fans saying we didn't do enough. Are you surprised that we're sitting in the top four right now? I am, and I'm surprised, really. We've got a decent chance of going into the last eight of the Champions League because we've not really played well in anything, Chris. There's not a, really... I, I mean, City at home, I thought we played well. There's not a game this season. I mean, for me, the football's been difficult to watch at times. It's not... You know, even today, the first half, it was... I nearly fell asleep, like, you know. it was. It's just been that style of football. But, I mean, you know... I'm not wholly blaming Conti for that. Perhaps he's doing, you know, there are some average players there that do need upgrading still. You know, there's some players that perhaps have been there many years now that we need to look at moving on. That's one of our big problems, I think, moving on players. Look at everybody out on loan. We're not going to get the money back. Sometimes you've just got to do like what the Gooners done last season and the season before. You've got to wipe your mouth with these big names, you know, get them off your wage bill and try not to make that mistake again. And that's something Levy really needs to look at in the closed season because you can't have all these players dotted about on loan all the time and coming back every summer. No one wants them. And Belly can't get in the side out there. You know, I don't know about the sell so so much, but sometimes you've just got to... We have gone through a bad stage with recruitment, you know, apart from, like, once, you know, a few. 
And, you know, they've got to look at who's bought them players, who's behind buying them players, who's chosen them players, and really give them the bleeding sack because they've not done a very good job. Craig, let's come to you. Let's get your thoughts on today's game. Um, also, I'd like to talk about the Antonio Conte situation because in the last few days, particularly when we've had the announcement from the club stating that Conte will stay in Italy, there has been a lot of Spurs fans showing negativity towards our head coach and some are even saying put Stellini in charge and of course now he's won three out of three in the dugout without Conte. Yeah, and I think it goes back to <clears throat> what we were saying Tuesday, Rick, if you remember, we were saying, do the players feel a bit too much under pressure when Conte's there? Is he embarking instructions and telling where to go? Is it always a good thing? So perhaps they just feel a bit more relaxed when when he's not there. I wouldn't say it's reached the time where they've got to give him the boot and put Stellini in charge. I think, I'm not sure that that would um, do much for uh, Stellini and Conte's relationship if Stellini <laughs> stayed on because he... Uh, you know, they're part of a team, aren't they? So I don't subscribe to that uh, theory. But but there might be something to be said that Conte, they feel a bit more or too much under pressure when Conte's there, certainly. Um, Cellini might be a, a, a more of a calming influence. I don't know. But they're, they're in three good performances when he's been in charge. Absolutely, uh, absolutely no doubt about that, Chris. Now, let's come on to talk about Harry Kane, because before the game um, started, Harry Kane was uh, given an award, uh, of course, becoming Tottenham Hotspur's record goal scorer of 267 goals. Uh, there was a fantastic TIFO as well uh, before the game started. And also in the house at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium today, Destiny Udogi. Uh, I was very enough, uh, very lucky enough to bump in, into him in, uh, in one of the corridors here at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Um, Ricky, let's come to you. Um, let's go through the starting 11. Um, of course, when Min Son was dropped or rotated, no matter how you want to look at it, uh, the starting 11 Forster in goal, the back three of Romero, Dyer, and Langley, the wing backs today, Ben Davis, Emerson Royale, in the centre of midfield, Hoybier and Skip, the front three, Kulisewski, Richarlison, and Kane. Subs today for Spurs, Austin, Tanganga, Sanchez, Poro, Saar, Perisic, Danjuma, Lucas, and Son. Now, Ricky, Son. Dropped, rotated, no matter how you want to look at it, was it the right decision? Of course it was. Of course it was. I, I, you know, the, 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 the pressure that he's been putting on himself, and he came out with a, um, a report this week speaking about, you know, he knows that he's frustrated with his performances as much as the Spurs fans are frustrated with his performances. And um, it, was, it was good that he was on the bench today because that's going to fire him up, one. Uh, know that his position's a little bit under threat as well. And Richarlison deserved a start as well. We, we, you know, we've bought a big £60 million player and, and we, we haven't seen him start. Now, for me, I, I, I wasn't too impressed with Richarlison's impact on the game, let's say. I, I thought he was busy. I thought he, you know, was trying to create a bit of chaos, but I didn't really see something that really impressed me today. But what was great was that when Sonny came off the bench is that he was fired up and determined. And I, I think we all felt that he was going to score as soon as he came on. Um, I had something to prove. Do you know what I mean? And you know what Sonny's like, man. Never doubt Sonny because he'll always make you look silly. And it was great that when he came on that the kind of continued pressure, right? So week to week when he's starting and the performances ain't there or the dribbling ain't there or the scoring ain't there and he starts to doubt himself a little bit. Coming off the bench, he's fresh and he's kind of like, oh, well, I can turn and change this game and not only change the game, but change the, 
the perception of energy around himself and around him within the fan base as well. So it was great. It was a good. It was a good decision. I think that that decision's been almost like long overdue, really, to kind of to to, to give him something to think about and to give him a, a little kick and a push. Um, so I think that that was a that that was a good decision, and it, 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 it it's we've seen how much of a good decision it is because he's come off the bench and he's banged in number two. Do you know what I mean? And you saw how dangerous he was on, on the wing again. So fingers crossed. All we want is our Sonny back, the Sonny that we know and love. That's all we want. We're we're, we're not saying that he's finished. We're not saying uh, he, everyone has a dip in form. Every everybody kind of ha- has these periods of time where it doesn't go your way. But what I've loved about Sonny is, is that he has never shied away from the responsibility or the work or the work rate. You know, um, so he's come back in firing. Fantastic. I felt that this, the, the 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 same with um, Perisic. You know, Perisic hasn't had a good couple of games, and he was the only available left wing back. And but today. We played Davies there, and what a, I thought he played fantastic there, as as well as an attacking output. He wasn't rapid, but look, we, you know, Sessignon's supposed to be rapid, and we haven't seen him fly down the wing either. So the the turn of pace that Davies put in on the left wing, as well as the defensive cover, as well as the he's a very kind of reliable player, and he showed that today. So the changes that were made today, I think, were made for the right reasons, and we saw that. Well done. And I know you're talking about Stellini, but let's not forget Ryan Mason, who's been in there and who's part of that first team coach, coach set up and system and somebody who the players love, respect, and, and uh, that they kind of want to do well. Like the players want Mason to do well as well. So let's not forget him, who's done a great job as a coach and, and kind of adapting to a Conte system as well as every other system that he's seen since he's been there. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Rick. Um, Ryan Mason was given a lot of uh, a lot of words today, particularly to Emerson Royale. Uh, you know, fantastic performance from him, as we said. Um, Kim, let's come to you. Um, between Conte and Stellini, we've made three changes from the AC Milan game. Davis coming in for Perisic, Hoybier coming in for Saar, Richarlison com- coming in for Son. Were you surprised by those changes today? Not really. Um, well, I mean, the Davis one, yeah, I didn't really expect that at the um, beginning. When I was when I saw um, Davis was in the side, like pl- pl- playing like wing back, like you know, it wasn't um, it wasn't a change that I that, that I would have definitely. Well, I wouldn't have thought of it in hundred years if I'm honest. Skip, no, I thought Skip would come in, but I think that, I think the changes did work. I think Davis had an incredible game, um, you know, as did Emerson. I mean, Saar, obviously, you could argue that he deserves a start. But by the way, I think Saar's going to be an immense player. He looks such a composed lad. I think he's going to be a wonderful um, player in time. I think we've got a real gem on our hands there that, that you know, in the next couple of years, he, I think he's just going to blossom. Um, but it's good to see. I thought Skippy had another good game. I thought he did really well again. I mean, them two against Milan, they were absolutely fantastic, I thought. You know, to come in and play both of them, their first sort of Champions League game like that. And, you know, they're two young lads. They've not played in that competition before, not started anyway. And I just thought they did so well. They never let Conte down, uh, uh, like, at all, not one iota. Craig, let's come to you. Um, Comment on screen now. Should Hunmin Son be used as an impact sub? Because, of course... The last time he was dropped, rotated. He scored a hat-trick here at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium against Leicester. He's done it again today. Yeah, a wonderful Korean son. Um, as Rick said, whenever you doubt him, he just um, 
he just show, shows you up, doesn't he? He, he? I'm not sure it should be used as an impact sub, to be honest with you. I mean, it's it's obviously an option there, but I think he's too good a player to just use like a Lucas Moura or a Ole Gunnar Solskjaer like United did back in the day. I, I think what he has to do is play the front three that are in form. I know that sounds easy to do, but, you know, last couple of weeks, Son probably should have, they should have dropped him. I think we all know that and Richarlison should have been given the chance, but, you know, Richarlison didn't really do much today. He didn't do, do much wrong, but he did, like I say, didn't really see what we know he can do. And, you know, we wanted to see that pigeon celebration when he scored, but he just can't seem to get off the mark in the, in the premiership. So, you know, it'll come, it'll come. There's plenty of time, but it's good. It's like I said on you before, we've, we've strengthened in a position of strength we had anyway when we bought Richarlison. So when you've got four top-notch strikers and you've still you got, just got Lucas Moura coming back today, which we'll probably talk about later, but it's good that we've got some good, real, really good attacking options going forward there. But coming back to your original question, look, it's an option to bring Son off the bench when... You know, teams have got tiring legs, but I don't think he should be primarily used as an impact substitute because he's just too good for that. Ricky, what did you make of Richarlison today? Because I've got to admit, I thought it was going to be his day-to-day. And uh, it's funny, I thought there was a sign because as I was walking to the stadium, there was a pigeon in front of me that wouldn't move. (laughs) 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 Well, do you know what? I I really wanted to see the Richarlison from the Brazil side. Do you know what I mean? I really wanted to see that that kind of tenacious, that, that ferocious, that... That, that uh, striker that smells goals, as the Brazil manager has often said. And he was busy. He, he, like, like Craig said there, he didn't do anything terribly wrong, but I don't think he'd done anything terribly right either. You know, um, you know he, he, he deserved his chance today, definitely. And I think that, of course, he's been out of a rhythm. So we can give him that. We can give him a little bit of an excuse where he hasn't had too many games in that position playing for us. He's come off the bench when he has. So he hasn't had too many starts in that position. So maybe once he gets up to speed and maybe we'll, we'll get to see the best of him. But um, yeah, today it was just a bit bitty. It, I, I, I Honestly, it's like, you know, we've all kind of criticised Sonny's performances over the last couple of weeks, but I didn't see anything too different. You know, uh, when Sonny runs in behind, that will always create some chaos in the opposition's defence. But I don't know. He was about... Uh, what was good, what I did see uh, about Richarlison's performance was how he would uh, drift into the centre position when uh, Kane was in midfield or when, he, you know, Kane was deeper and trying to dictate play. He did kind of swing over to the centre position and become that number nine. So... Uh, Uh, seeing his, uh, I think it was his quotes, I think it was this week, where he was like, you know, they haven't, basically, along the lines of, they haven't seen the best of me yet, the Tottenham crowd, and they, you know, the the, the side haven't seen the best of me yet, and I want to prove to them and everybody else that there's a, you know what I mean, there's a lot more to come. So, it's encouraging. This is what the squad's for. This is why Conte wanted two, two, two big uh, players in every single position so that we can chop and change we can rotate and if you're off form then you can drop to the bench because there's somebody that is ready to jump in you know uh, and and do the job 
But what ended up happening today was that Richarlison didn't really take his chance. He didn't really have too many shots or crosses or anything like that. He didn't really take his chance, but it definitely motivated Sonny because when Sonny came on, he had something to prove. Do you know what I mean? He, he wanted to stake a claim on his position again because there's a little bit of doubt this season. So that's what was really good about the whole kind of situation. But um, yeah, there's definitely more to come from Richarlison. I, th- I think it c- he can do it. I think he can be the be that kind of almost like Lamella esque striker, somebody who kind of goes in there for crazy challenges, winds up the opposition, but then gets in behind and scores brilliant goals. You know, so but he just hasn't come to fruition as yet. I hope he stays fit for the rest of the season, and I hope we get to see a bit more of him. Kim, let's come to you. In the last couple of days, Hunmin Son did an interview stating that he watches all the games back and um, the Spurs fans are right to criticise his performances. He wants to do better. Um, do you think that Hunmin Son will start the Chelsea game next week after today or do you think Richarlison will get the start again? I'd say Sonny. I'd go for Sonny starting next week. I think um, that would be my guess at the moment. It's hard to say. I mean, as Ricky said, I'll tell you what I did like about Sonny today, his attitude. When he was dropped last time, you know, it was he had a bit of the sulky schoolboy in him. That, that I thought his attitude today was superb. I mean, he looked happy before the game. He looked happy sitting on the bench. There was none of the performance the last time. And he looked happy when he came on. And instead of not celebrating his goal, as in to prove a point, you know, he celebrated his goal. It looked like for once that he was sort of, he understood that he needed a rest. I think it's been a funny old season for players overall. I don't think we've seen the best of Richarlison either, as Ricky said. I think the World Cup being in the middle of it, I think, I think some of the players have come back from that with a bit of what you can call only call a World Cup hangover. Lloris is one of them. Everyone was slating Lloris, saying he's finished. You know, I saw him in the World Cup. He, he didn't put a, put a foot around wrong. You don't become a bad player overnight. And Sonny certainly ain't. You know, like you know, son, we'll see the old Sonny again at some point. Um, but I think like the, the, that break in the middle and perhaps how they 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 sort of you know particular country did. Some players have come back different to to, to others from that. You know. Um, but, yeah, I thought his attitude today was great. Whether I don't know whether they'll start. I think they probably will start him against Chelsea. If not, I can see him, you know, coming on for as long as he did today or perhaps even longer next week, Sonny. Craig, what do you think it is uh, the problem with Hunmin Son and Richarlison? Because Richarlison hasn't scored a Premier League goal for us yet, and we are in February. Of course, we've had the World Cup break. Um, but Hunmin Son has struggled for goals as well so far this season. What do you think it is? I genuinely don't know because you can't even blame the system because we were playing it most of last season when Conte came. So, you know, and he was a golden boot winner. So, so I, I just don't know. Sometimes uh, players just go through these spells, you know. It, it's, it's just the little things, you know, just not going your way. The ball might not bounce into your path and then all of a sudden you haven't scored where, where before you might have done and that could be the thing that mentally kicks you on. I've said on here many times, as a striker, you, the confidence, you, you just, you, you know, you want to score every game and if you don't, you know, if you don't, if you go three or four games without scoring, that pressure does build no matter what level you're playing at and, you know, he, he is only human. 
so so now hopefully now he's got that goal and it wasn't a deflected goal it was a clean hit it went straight in he made a good run he, he realized yeah do you know what i can still do this perhaps sometimes that's all you need that goal and yeah he got the hat trick and yes he got the one against palace and we thought that was going to be it but you know sometimes these things happen and you know players have uh, seasons where they're not scoring as many like look at Sa- salah this year he's not you know, he's been banging them in before. He's not having as good a season. But, I mean, I'm sure the Liverpool fans are talking about him like, like Spurs fans are. But, you know, you just got to stick with these players. Like Kim says, you don't become a bad player overnight. He's still fit. He's still hungry. Watching the games back, he's obviously looking at his performance in detail, as you would expect. And, um, you know, he'll come good again. And let's hope in this run of games now, this run of fixtures, it's a perfect time to come good, isn't it? And, you know, let's go on a run again because we've got to get a result against Chelsea. That would be massive if we could beat them next week. That would be absolutely huge. And now it's the time to beat Chelsea because they've been terrible, you know, but they'll come to our ground. And, you know, you know what every Spurs fan is going to be thinking. They've had a run of bad games. If Potter loses to us, he's liable to get the sack and then Chelsea turn up and beat us. Everybody's thinking it. And we've got to believe that we can do something against Chelsea. Let's keep it positive. eh? (laughs) I didn't say it's going to happen, but I'm just saying that's what everybody's going to be thinking. I genuinely think we've got a I would have expected that comment from Kim, not you. (laughs) (laughs) I think think we've got... (laughs) <laughs> I think we've got a very, very, very good chance of turning Chelsea over next week. I really do. I think they're in disarray, and I think I think we we are we've got a good a chance as we've ever had to, to beat them in the league the, next week. So, and if we can do that, of course, the momentum builds, and then hopefully we'll uh, we'll go into the AC Milan game and uh, get the result again against them as well. Well, I want to ask you all this question. We're currently sat in the top four, which is an amazing feeling again. Can we stay there? Are you confident that Spurs can finish in the top four at the end of the season? Craig, let's start with you. Yeah, I said that Tuesday, I believe, and I still maintain we can. I think Newcastle will have a bit of a a dip. I think you're seeing it now. They haven't been picking up as many points as they were. Um, They've got the cup final coming up. I think they will lose that cup final. But, you know... (sighs) We've just got to keep at it. It's all very well teams around us losing. We've got to just pick up our points and worry about ourselves. But I, I do think if if we um, if we if we just we, it's not a massive run, two three wins in a row, and we're up there, and it makes such a big difference. It does, but yeah, in short, I think we will, Chris. I think we'll just just sneak in. The, I think United's a bit of a stretch. You never know, but they seem to be um, on a bit of a run at the moment. So, you know, I would have said before. Before the World Cup, I thought we could finish above United, but they are looking really good at the moment. But looking at that, I, I just think um, I just think we're more than capable of finishing fourth. Let's be honest. Ricky, same question to you. As you can see now, uh, Spurs are fourth, forty-two points from twenty-four matches. Newcastle are in fifth place, forty-one points from twenty-three games. They have a game in hand over us. How confident are you that Spurs will finish in the top four? I, you know what, I, 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 am, I am confident first and foremost. Um, but, you know, with Tottenham right now, you just never know what you're going to get from week to week. Like, we went from Man City being our best performance to Leicester being our worst performance. And that was within a week. Do you know what I mean? So you just don't know what you're going to get. But what I have seen is that will to, that will to win, that will to fight, that the, the, the boys that have come in have taken the responsibility up 
and they're going to push for it and they're going to fight for it. And it and what is a great indication, I think, of the league right now, <clears throat> bar, barring the Gooners and them lot over there. But you look at Man City, Man City have everything going for them. They've got all the players, they've got all the money, and then they decided to buy Haaland this year. And it hasn't gone to, you know, it hasn't gone to plan for them either. Not only have they lost games, but there's been games where Haaland hasn't had a kick, especially against us. So what I, what I, how, how and why I use that example is because nothing's guaranteed, especially in the Premier League. You know, we've got so many good teams. We've got teams that are fighting for so many different things that nothing is guaranteed. But are we capable of maintaining a top four and being in the Champions League again next year? Absolutely. We've done it before. We can do it again. And it's all like crazy there. As long as we concentrate on ourselves, as long as we don't get complacent with, with, with any performance, good performances that we put in and then just kind of swan into the next game and think that it's just automatically going to happen. We've got to work as hard and we've got to want it as hard as, as the biggest game that we're going to face, you know, against a smaller side or the biggest side. It's got to be the same attitude. It's got to be the same energy. It's got, it's got to be the same fight uh, control. You know, and, and patterns of play. It's, it's got to be, you know what I mean, of the same level. And as long as we concentrate on us and, and, and play the games and win the games that we can win and keep pushing, of course we can keep top four. Of course we can. Why not? We're in there already. You know, uh, Newcastle have just lost their goalkeeper for, for the cup final. But, you know, there's things. There's things that happen. There, there's random uh, injuries that happen. Take out a key player and then suddenly it goes a bit skew with. Things happen in the Premiership. Nothing is ever is ever as it seems on the day. It's not going to finish today the way it's, you know what I mean at the end of the season. So there's a lot more to play for. There's a lot more games. Newcastle have got to come up against some big teams. So have Man United, and um, anything is possible, especially with this first side. When you mentioned Arsenal, there, Ricky, um, you are going to say that Manchester City will still win the Premier League title, aren't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, of course. I mean. I mean, you know, they, they, them lot are going to bottle it. Do you know what I mean? And I can't wait until that day. But I don't want to say that. You know, I don't want to say it. I just want to hold it until it's time. You know, until that final whistle of the final game and they're not top, that's when I'm going to celebrate and kind of uh, rejoice in, 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 in that bottling. But um, right now, let them just keep doing what they're doing. Of course, top four would be amazing. And it would be a miracle, as Antonio Conte said, uh, to finish top four again. I feel that there's a, a long way to go, lots of ups and downs, and we've had lots of ups and downs so far this season. Kim, how are you feeling about the top four? Because I've got to be honest, I don't know how this is going to go. I feel like there's a lot of teams behind us, Liverpool, Chelsea. I think at some point during this season, they're going to come good. Liverpool are not that far away from us. Newcastle as well, there's a lot of teams in there uh, you know, trying to fight for that top four spot. Can Spurs do it? Will Spurs do it? Can Spurs do it? Of course they can. Um, I, as I said earlier, I think it's been a weird old season, whether that's because we've had the World Cup in the middle, but so many of the big teams just haven't been there or about. So, I mean, you know, you look back and if that was the season, obviously, that we was going for the championship, why couldn't someone thought of that season or not be so good? But it didn't happen. You know, obviously there was always someone above us and we were doing the catching in that position. But a question for you, Chris, I'll come back to your question in a minute. Just say, for instance, and, you know, obviously, you know, chances are they won't, but if the Gooners won the league and won the um, Europa League, what happens to that? Do, do the runners-up get it or does it go to fifth place in the league? Top four the, the is always top four. 
It will never a Champions League spot will never go to fifth. It won't go. Not not if Arsenal won the league, obviously, and the Europa League. No. Right. So it will go to the runners up of the Europa League. But we don't we don't even want to think about that, Kim. Let's not even go there. No, I'm <laughs> just wondering. I was talking to Guna on the phone the other day, like, and you know, I said to him. What would happen if that happened? Like, would it go down to fifth in the Premier League? But no, going back to that, I think next week, I think the Chelsea game is going to be one of our biggest games of the season. I think, you know, I know they've been playing dreadful, but I can just see them coming there and playing like world beaters. They always do. I don't know what it is about us. And we never seem, we really need to match them next week and do better. We really, we've got to be up for that game. I think if we can beat Chelsea next week, I can true. I'll truly be confident then of us turning Milan over and getting into the last eight. If we get into the last eight, I mean, at the Champions League this season's weird. It's not like anybody looks like they're the out and out favourite to, to win that either. I mean, you go into the last eight. I wouldn't fear Liverpool. I wouldn't fear Chelsea. I I wouldn't fear Man City. I mean, you go into that, and it's not like any of the other teams are looking like. Wow, their names on that this season. It's just one of those seasons. But I think next week, I think next week, a lot depends on next week. You know, we've got to beat Chelsea. We need to go on a bit of a run. We've got to get a few wins. And I think that will bring the confidence back into some of the players that, that performances have been suffering. I think confidence has been a big um you know, a big problem in our squad this season. Like, you know, when Lloris was was in the side for him, for Sonny, you know, I think just getting, you know, him getting that goal today, if we can go out and beat Chelsea, whether he starts or he comes on and plays well, we just need that confidence back in the side, I think. And yes, if that, you know, if we can get that confidence back in and we can sort of, you know, null and avoid the Leicester performances. Well, obviously, we're not going to go on to win every bloody game. We've got some tough games coming up, especially away. But, like, you know, we've got to go there and put in a performance and, you know, give these teams a game. I, you know, we've just got to. And it, that's the only way we're going to finish top four. But it's certainly doable because, as you said, Newcastle, they've started to... They draw a lot of games. They've started to fought a slightly recently. You know, you can see Liverpool perhaps after yesterday putting a few results together. But um it's I, I think I don't think we'll catch I don't think anyone will catch United. I think United are on a real roll. Now if anything, United will be uh, be uh, be challenging for the title with the other two, I think, you know. But so I think it's that fourth spot that is all to play for. But there's no reason it can't be us. Kim, what do you put it down to when we beat the champions at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, then the very next week get absolutely hammered at Leicester City and then win here again today. What, what do you put it's that down us, to? That I mean, it's, it, it, there's no explanation for it. You wonder sometimes. When we started off at Leicester, obviously, and like we went to go up, I thought, right, that was it. That was the turnaround we need. And then we just fall apart. You know, obviously, uh, Romero wasn't playing that game, was he? He was out. I think it's a big issue when 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 he seems to be out, I think I think it's you know he's I know he's I know he's like you know he's got his plus points and that he didn't get booked today, did he? Do, do you know no, Kim? Funny moment. A, right at the end of the game, Hoybier was getting into a bit of an argument with one of the West Ham players, and Romero right, came yeah. in and split it up. I couldn't believe it. 
<laughs> I saw that. I saw him go over and push him away. Yeah, no, I think, listen, we need that spirit, though. We do need that type. Of, you know, that at the end of the, at the the game, we needed that. You know, we, not that, you, you know, we just need that. We need that next week against Chelsea. Put it that way, you know. We can't be losing to them again. And a draw's no good. We need to beat them. They've lost every game recently. Even Southampton could beat them. We need to believe that in the week. And we need to go out and kick them right up to Jackson. <laughs> Couldn't put it better myself. We will come on to the Chelsea preview later on in the show. Um, Craig, let's talk about the game itself. Now, we didn't start off that well. And we're all used to this as Spurs fans this season because the first half performances haven't been great. After 55 seconds of the game, West Ham had a great chance. Ball over from the right to Bowen. Edge of the box shot wide. After three minutes, they had another chance. Cleared for a corner. After seven minutes, another chance for them. Uh, another cross in. Blocked. What is it about these first half performances with Tottenham? Not from the very off. 55 seconds, they had a chance. <clears throat> yeah, it was... Um, I, I couldn't believe it, actually. I was just getting a drink and I heard we kicked off and then, then the commentator was going mad, you know, the voice goes up and I thought, oh my God, how have we got ourselves in this position already? And it's just, it's, the slow starts drive me crazy. We've spoke about it on here many times and I don't know what it is. How, how can you start games that slow? And um, It's just unbelievable. I, I, the one the one game I do remember, I think um, it was a good few years ago, it was under Poch, I think, we beat Man City at, at White Hart Lane, it was, that's how long ago it was, and we beat them 2-0, I think. And that, to this day, is still the best performance I've ever seen from Tottenham. But we started that day massively quickly. We was at it from, from the first whistle. So that's, that's the sort of Tottenham you want to see. Like, like Liverpool used to do a couple of seasons ago, when they would just hammer you for 20 minutes and almost get the game on the first 20 minutes. Why can't we do that? It, it, it drives me insane that, that we start off so slowly. And the players manage to say they're not doing it deliberately. Conte's not telling them to do it deliberately. But there's something, you, you'd think something would click, wouldn't you? Because it's frustrating as hell. But if the players don't know why, then that, that must be frustrating for them as well. But I, I don't know. Um, perhaps people in the comments can actually give their views on that. Because I, I genuinely don't know why we start games so slowly. I mean, that could, that was it Bowen at that shot, that first shot? That was, that was only inches wide, wasn't it? I mean, that could have been a disastrous start. But yeah, I, I don't know, Chris. I really don't. Ricky, um, Stellini actually said um, before the game, um, I think it was to the official Tottenham Hotspur Channel TV, um, he said the first seconds, the first minutes are going to be vital in this game. Now, I just read out there, three great chances for West Ham in the first seven minutes. What is it about preparing for these games where we're not on the ball from the very, very off? Again, it's really tough to, to, to answer, Chris, because, you know, if we had the, the answer, I'm sure the, the, the coaching staff would have the answer and we'd put it right. But we've also got to look at the, <clears throat> the opposition where they know that we kind of start slow. So now the opposition, almost their team tactic is... First 10 minutes, just go for them, go for them, go for them. You know, the, the opposition tactic is to pressure us and to put us under, uh, under as much pressure as they can, they can within those first 10 minutes. But if we... Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Look at the whole game. Now, the first half, like I said at the beginning, for me, it was a bit flat. I, I wanted a bit more intensity. I wanted a bit more zipping. I wanted a bit more... More, con- you know, more um, aggression in our play, not in our tackle, but in our play and kind of going for the game. So for me, the first half was a bit flat. But listen, after those five, ten minutes, what did West Ham do, really? We controlled everything. I mean, just looking at the stats there, we had, we had the possession, we had the passing. Nobody re- was really under that much pressure. Do you know what I mean? Nobody really was under that much threat. L- like Kimbo said earlier, you know, uh, Foster, Foster didn't really have much to do. He had that shot where he had to get down low to the ground quite quick. I think it was a shot from outside the box, and he dealt with that. But what else? What 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 else did West Ham bring from corners, from free kicks? Not a threat. Not once were they a threat. Even when when uh, Ben Rama had that free kick right in the second half, in a perfect place to to score uh, or to at least get a shot on target. They just wasn't a threat. So, um, and I think that's a lot to do with how we controlled the game, um, how Skippy was. Uh, Skippy was at, at another good game today. Just just getting those little tackles and those little flicks in that kind of uh, destroy the, the direction of, of the opposition's passes, you know, and kind of get us back onto the ball and get us back onto the ball and then push up quickly. So, bro, I wish I knew why we started slow, um, it's been a frustration for us for a while. It's not just been this season. It's not just been under Conte. It has been for a while. The only time that I can think of where we didn't start slow was that those last period of 10 games, I think, towards the end of last season, where we just went on a run and everybody was gunning for top four. And every week we just built that momentum. And, we, and every time we started a game and every time we went into a game, we went in full of fire and brimstone and knowing like wholeheartedly that we were going to win. You know, we look at the, the the three games right at the end of the season as a great example. The Gooners, Newcastle um, and who was it? Norwich. Norwich, yeah. So those, you know, so we it's not like we can't do it. But, you know, I was saying this uh, on Tuesday after the game that there's always two phases of play. Simply, there's always two phases of play. There's the defensive phase and there's the offensive phase. When you've got the ball and you're moving forward, everyone's going to go into different positions to try and create as many options, creative and attacking options as they can. When the ball gets turned over, we then go into a defensive shape. So if the opposition always has the ball, especially in the first half and especially when we start games, then we're always in a defensive position. You know, the... Uh, back three becomes a back five. The midfielders drop in. Kane comes back. Do you know what I mean? Uh, everybody kind of kind of con- condenses into our own half and then we try to break it up the field. But if we can't get our game going and every time we try uh, um, a kind of turn pass, when we try and pass on around the corner for 
Kulisevsky or someone else or like a, a wing back, if we can't get that going, then we're, we're boxed in, you know. Um, so when we do have the ball, at least, you know, you can see a little bit more pressing. I mean, today I saw Dyer high, Longley was high, um, Romero was high up the field, all of them at one stage or another. I saw Dyer mostly on the halfway line and, and that's how much control we had. So, all right, cool. We don't start quickly, but we pretty much dominated that game and West Ham were never a threat. Yeah, you're right. West Ham only had one shot on target. Um, Kim, let's come to you. After 11 minutes, um, we had our first attempt at goal. Uh, it came from Oliver Skip. Uh, it was actually blocked and then went over the bar. Oliver Skip came in in the Champions League game against AC Milan on Tuesday night. Um, of course, he played again today. What have you made of Oliver Skip's week so far? Because stepping in for Rodrigo Bentancur, that is big shoes to fill, isn't it? Yeah, I think he's had a brilliant week and I'm really pleased for him. I mean, he seems such a lovely lad, Skip. Uh, you know, he's first through and through. And I'm just glad for him. He hasn't had a lot of opportunities. Obviously, he had a really good spell when he was at Norwich, I think, on loan. And he came back. I think he was, was he their player of the year there or something? When he, you know, he came back. And obviously, we had really, really high hopes for him. And I think, he, you know, he did sort of, I think he did well under Poch there when Poch sort of brought him through and he played. But, obviously, his chances have been limited. I felt a bit sorry for him. But it was, I think, to bring him in a game, and obviously we didn't have much choice, but to bring him and Saar into that game because of, you know, injuries and suspensions. And uh, as I said to you, you know, I mentioned earlier, I think both lads did us proud in that midfield the other night. I thought they were an absolute credit to themselves. And I think both of them have got a really big future in the game. Um, but I think Skippy did really well today. I did. He sort of... You know, you know, he, he he just played so well. He never, he's a what you call a reliable player. You know, he might not do anything that looks utterly outstanding, but he won't let you down either. Kim, let's stay with you. In the 13th minute, there was a penalty shout for Spurs. Now, for those of you uh, listening to this on an audio platform, I'm actually showing a picture of the West Ham player literally uh, got the ball in his hand. Kim, what did you make of this incident? Well, I thought it was a penalty. Obviously, you know, I, you know, I've seen, I've seen a, a similar and, and not, not even as blatant as that given this season. Um, yeah, I thought it was a penalty. But and do you know what? When we didn't get it and we weren't playing that well that half, I thought surely it ain't going to be one of them days, you know. Um, but it didn't turn out to be. So really, it's neither in or there now. But. Um, Unless something comes down to goal difference and then you'll curse it. But, yeah, I mean, it was a pen, wasn't it? Let's be honest. Do you know what I mean? He sort of batted it away. Like, you know, it was, uh, you know, I mean, I suppose people are thinking, would she say that if it was the other end? Really? I wouldn't complain about it if it was the other end because it was so blatant. Craig, how on earth can that not be given as a handball? Yeah, I think it's the second time in, in, in a week that West Ham have got away with one, to be honest with you. That... The, the, they said on the telly that the letter of the law states that if a player is falling and he puts his arm out to, to cushion his fall, which we all would do, and the ball hits it, it's not a penalty. But he didn't fall over. He stayed on his feet. And the, 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 the thing for me, above all that, if the ball doesn't hit his arm, it goes through to Kane, who has a clear shot at goal. So how is that not a penalty? It's 100% a nailed-on penalty. And look, we won the game, so it doesn't really matter. But... That could have turned the game. That you know, we would have been in front early if we got the penalty. Kane had put it away. But for, for me, the VAR 
VAR is a good thing. I'm still in support of VAR personally, but they have to they have to assess things and look look at these decisions because they're, they're getting a lot more wrong than than well, probably not getting more wrong than right, but they're they're, they're getting important decisions wrong. I think everybody can see that is a penalty. And if I agree with Kim, if that was at the other end, I'd have said we got away with one if that happened to us. I, d- I don't understand how that is not a penalty. Um, if somebody can explain to me how it is, I don't get this that the player's putting his arm down because he's going to, he didn't hit the deck. He stayed on his feet. So it's a penalty. His arm's away from his body. It's a penalty. 100%. Rick, let's come to you after 18 minutes. West Ham put another cross in. Suchek couldn't quite get a touch. But after 32 minutes, Ben Davis put a cross in from the left hand side. Uh, no one there. No one in uh, the box. Um, we, we, we say on this channel, week in, week out, it's about the, you know, the, the right wing back and the left wing back putting crosses in. This time we put a cross in, no one there. What did you make of Ben Davis's performance as a left wing back today? And should he play there again? You're on mute, Rick. Wait, whoa, whoa, I'm back. Um, I, th- I think Davies gets a... Uh... A bit of unnecessary stick. And I think it's because he's been there for so long. And yes, of course, we can do with upgrades at left centre-back or left-back or left-wing-back. Of course, we can have upgrades in there. But, you know, he is a proper steady Eddie. He's proper... You can rely on him. And, okay, he's not going to be 100% and and not make mistakes, you know, and, and be perfect. But he always puts everything on the line for Tottenham and the shirt. Do you know what I mean? Like when we're in when we're in trouble or when we're progressing. And today, to be able to take up that left wing back role, um, where again, you know, Perisic hasn't done too like the crossing ability, the corner ability, and the free kick ability. I love a Perisic, but there's been a couple of games where it's just been too easy to get by him. And today we saw a, a really kind of solid performance from a, a wing back, not only defensively but offensively. He did get crosses in. He did make runs. He did create chaos in, 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 in just by running um, in, in an attacking sense in the opposition's half. And, you know, for, for the first goal, I mean, look at that ball by Hoiberg who saw him and look at that run by Davies. He ended up getting on it and, you know, he ended up finding Emerson Royale, which was like wing back to wing back. And that's the goals that Conte loves. That's what he's been after. You know, um, so I, I think he done really well. First time in that position in a very long time. I'm sure he played there for Wales at one point, but very, you know, I thought he, he was pretty solid. And, and now that Sessegnon's out, if we have got to go to an almost like a solid left wing back, then we've got one there in the squad who can come in and play. You know, I wouldn't want to sell Davies because of just the amount of positions that he can cover. And again, he's reliable and he puts everything on the field for the shirt, for the fans, for the win, for the three points, all the time. Do you know what I mean? Yes, he will have dips in performances. Yes, he won't be the greatest. Yes, he won't score a Roberto Carlos free kick. But he does put everything out there for us. And I would hate to lose him, even as a squad player, just because whoever we bring in as an upgrade, it's never guaranteed that they're going to work. Do you know what I mean? We see that the transfer windows are... They're gambles. They're gambles. We've seen, uh, you know... uh, We've seen, we've experienced it ourselves with Endon Bele and Lacelso. We've seen the highlights. We've seen how great they can be for the clubs that they were playing for, respectively. But once they got a, a cockerel on their shirt and, and, and they was playing in Lily White, they didn't do it. So it's always a risk. 
So even if we do end up getting Bastoni or Gvardial or, you know, or Udoji comes, comes in and he's nailed on left wing back, I would still love Davies in the side for what he does bring. And he, ne- he never gets his head down. There was many a times that he's been out of the side. You know, before Conte came in, he was out of the side. We all wanted him gone. But Conte came back in and recognised what he brought to the table and stuck him in there at, at left centre-back. You know, um, so, yeah, I, I, I think Davies gets a lot of unnecessary stick. But um, I think he's solid. I think he's reliable. I think, like I said, he gives everything for the shirt. And um, regardless of what happens next season, I want him part of the squad. Do you know what I mean? Well, after 36 minutes, Tottenham Hotspur had their first shot on target through Pierre Hoybier. And in that build-up, all the Spurs fans around me were singing, shoot. No matter what player had the ball, they were just saying, shoot, because we wanted to see some chances created. Um, in stoppage time, Richarlison had a shot um, at goal. The goalkeeper saved it. Um, Richarlison, in fairness, it was from an acute angle. Um, also in stoppage time, Romero header from a corner just over the bar. Half time, it was nil-nil. Kim, this might be a very difficult question because I don't think even even I can answer it myself. When was the last time you were entertained in the first 45 minutes of a Spurs game? Too long ago, I can't remember. And that is the God's honest truth. It, they, they, I don't, well, I just can't say. I, it's been very, it's been, we've been such a tough watch this season, let's be honest. You know, I mean, no one can, as I was going to touch on earlier, I mean, is it because we haven't got the particular players Conti wants to play his system? There's the questions over should he change his system, but he seems reluctant to do that. I don't know why we're starting off games the way we are, but what, what I do know is, you know, listen, I'm not going to complain. We're sitting in top four. We're in the last, you know, we're still in the FA Cup. We're in the last, you know, hopefully, you know, we've touched wood. We've got a decent chance of getting in the last eight of the Champions League. But the football for me has been drab this season, you know, absolutely drab to watch. Um, as, as I think it was Ricky said, the last... Um, the last time I can remember being entertained by Spurs was the back end of last season. Those, those last seven or eight games when we were gunning for the top four. And, you know, we got there. I think they were the last entertaining games. But, you know, really, if I have to go back, you know, and really say when I was entertained, you know, it was the, it, it was the pot days. That last season at White Hart Lane for me. I knew his name would come up. Football. I ever saw Spurs play, and I've been going over there since 1979-80. Um, that last season at the lane where we was unbeaten, I absolute we were a joy. Obviously, we had Walker Rose at, at their prime. We was a bloody joy to watch, you know. And that's what we need to, you know, we've got a great stadium there. Obviously, in time, we need to make that place a fortress like we did then, but you've got to have the right players to do that. Just going off the question, I just want to just comment on something Ricky said. I think he's spot on about Ben Davis, And I think another player that I want to see stay there that I think gets a lot of flack. But I think he's such good cover. You know, he plays with art. He, he doesn't let you down. Yeah, he makes the odd blip, but who don't? But I want him there next season. Not perhaps as a starter, but for covery for injuries, suspensions on the bench. Is Eric Dyer. I think he's another one that can play in a lot of positions. He's very versatile. And him and Ben Davis, I'd love to see him stay there next season. Not as in like, you know, we do need to freshen things up. Um, we need to bring another centre-half in. We do need to freshen things. There's no two ways about that. But to have, I'd much rather have the likes of Dyer and Davis or, or, or on that bench if someone's got a long-term injury or you're in an important game and like, 
you know, someone gets cropped early or because they will come on and very rarely will they let you down. And Ricky, I hope he scores that on half laugh. He gets a Roberto Carlos goal against Chelsea next week. Come on. Come on. Come on. Kim's in a good mood tonight. <laughs> I am. I am, Chris. <laughs> Love it. Um, Craig, let's come to you. In the 48th minute, a move involving Kane, Kulisewski and Richarlison resulted in Richarlison getting in a shot, but it was a tame shot straight at the goalkeeper. A minute later, Kulisewski to Kane. Kane fired wide. What do you make of Harry Kane's performance today? I thought he was um, a, bit, a bit subdued in the first half. I don't, I thought there was a few passes that bounced off him, which he's normally control. But he, he showed um, what he can do in the second half. Came alive like the whole team in the second half. Came alive, played the ball through to Sonny, set up a few chances. Really good centre-forward play a lot of times. Um, just winning us a few free kicks like he always does. You know, he, he stands there and just waits to get battered and, and will take the free kick. Um, not his best game by any ch- by any stretch, but um, I thought he played... He played pretty well in the second half, and he um, he had a big hand, obviously, in 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 the goal for for Son. So yeah, I'll, I'll take that. Well, I will say what I did notice. I'm not condoning this, but I noticed there was a lot of elastic bands in the goal mouth uh, in front of the south stand, and I suddenly realised what they were from. It was probably when they set up that tifo, they were all elastic band onto the chairs. And I would imagine, I might be wrong here, that these first fans were flicking them at Fabianski and goal. I don't know. But if you look back on the game, second half, there was tons of elastic bands all over the penalty area. So, um, yeah, I, that's what I think they were from. But I thought, what is that on the pitch? The groundsman's going to go mad if he moves them. So, so, so yeah, coming back to Harry Kane, uh, not so good first half, but a good second half. Rick, let's come to you. Let's talk about the goal. Tottenham Hotspur, of course, went 1-0 up after 56 minutes. And as you mentioned earlier, a great assist from Ben Davis, finished off by Emerson Royale. I tell you what, the crowd went absolutely mental because I think a lot of people actually expected Emerson to miss. And, you know, to see the delight on his face, to see the delight on all of his teammates' faces, you can see Ben Davis there, to see the delight amongst the supporters, you know, the flack that this guy has had, an incredible moment for him. Incredible moment, and, and a moment that's deserved. A deserved moment. He's put in some fantastic shifts over the last couple of games. So for him to get that goal, especially, you know, we've just brought in Pedro Porro, who's supposed to be the attacker, attacking right wing back. He's supposed to be the one that's going to get the crosses in and the goals and the assists in. So for Emerson to get it, and especially after all the flack that he has got, I love that instead of... He could have really gone into his shell. He could have sulked about it. He could have done an end on Bele and being like, I just want to get out of here. But he didn't do that. He didn't do that. He really did knuckle down and work hard and, and earn the right to be a starter in that Tottenham side the last couple of weeks. So, you know what I mean? More power to him. Well done to you, man. Fantastic goal. But for me, it was that Hoiberg. Uh, it was the first pass from Hoiberg, from deep from in midfield, that found Davies, that was just, it, it, you know, it sent electricity up my spine, bro. I was just like, oh, go, go, go on, Davies. And then Davies just gave the little touch into the path of Royale and he had acres of space. And I was I was so happy that he buried it. But, it, you know, like I was saying this to uh, Craig, I think it was the other day, but um, I, I would love to know um, a comparison between Hoiberg 
and Declan Rice and maybe a couple of others uh, of the top sixy kind of DM stroke centre midfielders because I think he has, you know, Hoiberg, he's had a couple of games that have been off, but he's added assists and he's added goals to his game. And, he, you know, he's always the Viking warrior. He's always up for the fight and he's always, and he's very clever. He's very clever at getting little nicks and going down and stopping the play and getting everyone back into position and then get back up. And, do you know what I mean? He's, he's a very clever player. And, um, I, you know, that assist for Davies, to then assist Royale was a dynamite pass. What a pass. And, you know, I know he was asking Craig about Harry Kane there, but, you know, I, I, I really think that he had a bit of a captain's performance. Yes, it, it was quiet in sense of shots and, uh, and goals, but he was everywhere. I saw him in defence at one point. I saw him at left-back at one point. I saw him at centre midfield. I saw him give a pass to Emerson and then bomb up the field to kind of get the return and, and be there again, you know. So, yeah, he did have a really kind of... It was a tough performance because the West Ham defence, they were they, they were keeping a, a bright eye on Harry. But the way that he controlled things or bought free kicks, like Craig said, or just managed to get passes around the corner to Kolozeski or to Davies or to or try and get up to Richarlison, you know, it, I thought it was fantastic today. Yes, he didn't score. Yes, he didn't have too many shots. And yes, we would have loved him to have scored against West Ham and kind of increased the, 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 the goal tally. But um, I thought he was yeah, almost like a, it, it was a really kind of tough, tenacious performance today. And yes, it grew in the second half, definitely. But he, I think he wears that captain's armband with pride and he, he goes out there, you know, with, with a bit more of a mission on his head. He's always the man, but like, he, I think he had a bit more of a mission on his head. And if he's got to drag the team up and, and get them going, then he's going to do it. And I think he was everywhere tonight. He, like I say, in, in, in our box, helping to defend from left to right back to midfield to up front. Get in. Get in, Harry. But yes, to go back to Emerson Royale, it was, a, it, it, it was a perfect present for the hard work that he's put in and to not let that flack bring him down, but to kind of motivate him to go, all right, and cool. I do have to up my performances. I do. He wasn't getting criticised just for criticised sake. A couple of those boos were because Conte wouldn't drop him. You know, he wouldn't play Spence. And a lot of us would boo all the crowd from what I heard and from what I saw. They were booing Emerson Royal coming on because we all wanted Spence to come on. Do you know what I mean? Or, get, or Spence to be given a chance. So he has had a lot of flack, but I love his work ethic and the fact that he just got his nut down and was like, all right, cool, I'm going to show you. That's, that's a sign of a really good player. What you're trying to say, Rick, is uh, one million pound well spent. Yeah, maybe. I did say I hope he kept his receipts after we found out about that, but maybe it is. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. I mean, look, again, early days. What is it? Three, four games? Early days we've seen it, it, it improve performances. Long may it continue and long may it grow, you know? And, and if, if and when we need Poro, hopefully the fact that Emerson Royal has had a tough time and come through and smashed it, pushes on Pedro as well to be like, oh, well, I've got to up my game. And when I come in, I've really got to take the shackles by the horn sort of thing. Do you know what I mean? I've really got to hit the straps and kind of show people what I'm about. That's what competition for places are all about. And that's why you need good quality replace or good quality people battling for, for, for those positions in the first 11. 
Kim, in the 58th minute, um, Forster made a save from Bowen. I think that was the only uh, shot on target from West Ham in the game. A minute later, Kulisewski had a shot from 20 yards. What have you made of Dian Kulisewski's season so far and performance today? Um, I'm a big fan of his for a start. Um, I think, you know, he's he, he's been a fantastic sign for us. I think he's a great, great um, young player. Seems a great fellow in himself. Um, you know, I've seen a few little videos and clips of him. Seems like he's got a really strong sense of humour. Uh, his last three or four performances, I think he's a little, been a little bit off the ball for me. He's just not looked like the Kulu we've known to grow and love. So, I don't know what that is. Listen, you know, every player goes for a little spell. I'm sure he only needs a goal or two or a couple of assists. So, yeah, he's just not looked... The last three or four games for me, he's looked a bit... Bit, bit off the boil, what I'd say, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, like, just, just uh, what um, Ricky said about Emerson, you know, he seems such a likeable young lad. That an awful lot of flack to take, you know. I mean, I know none of us were particularly horrible, but I think it was more the fact that he couldn't cross the ball. We're desperate for, for sort of someone in... Um, in in that uh you know that area to be able you know the way Conti plays you, you know it was just so frustrating to get in these decent positions and then he couldn't cross the ball or you know he hit the first man but you know for listen I know what it was like at the start of my career with the books I, I I don't look at reviews anymore I haven't done for years but obviously I'm a lot older now but I remember in the early days I'd look at book reviews and if they weren't good like I had like, you know, it ruined my day in a way. Or I'd wake up in the morning and it set me off on a... You know, it must be tough for him. I mean, for a young man, and he looks like a good head. He looks like a lot... You know, everyone said how hard work and he is. He looks like a likeable lad. You, you know, you don't see him really, you know, acting up, falling out of nightclubs or whatever. And I'm just really pleased with him. I think he must have strong shoulders and this experience will only... You know, next season, probably, you know, I should imagine Pedro Porro will be the starter, you know. but I, And I think probably we made a mistake not starting Pedro Porro at home with a more settled defence when we did play him. But that's played out in Emerson's favour, you know, because he's uh, he's made that little position his own now. And good for him, because it's not been easy for him. Well, Roy Rice on the screen now. All I can say is happy Hunmin Sunday. Um, let's talk about Hunmin Son's goal because, of course, um, in the 67th minute, Richarlison went off and Hunmin Son came on. And it took him just five minutes before he got on the score sheet. Of course, Harry Kane providing uh, the assist for him. Um, Craig, let's come to you on this one. Um, call calm and collected Hunmin Son. Yeah, it was like you'd never never been away sort of thing with that, with that confidence. It was funny because... The, the commentator on the game, as soon as Kane picked it up and released the pass and saw Son running through, I think he said, what's the effect of here we go? Um, <laughs> the shades of of, of uh, Fabrizio Romano. But it was it was like, you just knew he was going to score. I was so confident as soon as he picked that ball up and he was in that space and he got it out in front of him, I knew he was going to score. Um, so pleased for him. Obviously pleased, pleased that, you know, doubled our lead, but so pleased for him because to see that smile back on his face. And I think Kim was right when she said he, he did sulk a little bit when he was dropped before. He didn't. You didn't see that today. He was. He was just. Uh, he was like, okay, fair enough. I deserve this. I know what I've got to do. Um, he, he was just fantastic. And I, just coming back to Emerson, um, 
I know I have given him stick on the show. I don't. I wouldn't say I apologise because I think every bit of criticism was justified in the whole. What I'm saying is, I think he's been absolutely magnificent the last few games he's played. And as as Rick said, I support Tottenham Hotspur. I support the players. I don't. I don't want to see players have a crap game. I want to see him play really well every week. And you know, we're on here to to give a view of the game of players. And at the time, Emerson's played some crap games. I think if you look back, we've we've probably uh, between us all said most of the players have had bad games. It's just Emerson had a bad run, but now he's picking it up. Now he's playing really well. He's he, he's the confidence. You can see the confidence in the guy. He exudes confidence. The no look passes. That you know he's up and down. He is a fantastic athlete, and it was a million pound well spent. I'm not sure I would have spent a million pounds when I was playing to make myself a better player but you know a million pounds to him is probably the same as what 10 quid is to me so you know fair play to him fair play to the guy and I, I really hope that him and Porro can interchange if it gets to a point I'm more worried about Porro now than I am Emerson to be right. honest with you you know um, we need, he need, he'll need to pick a game where he can either bring Porro on or he's confident what he's seen in training that Porro will get us a bit of confidence in, in that game you know, because we need we need Poro up to speed and fast. But Emerson's first choice at the moment, you can't deny it. You know, Craig, we've had more comments about you with Emerson Royale than Ricky getting locked in Watford. And that is saying something. Rick, let's come to you. Um, do, you want, do you want to add anything more about Hun Ming Sun's goal and, you know, he's the, the delight on his face when he scored? You know, because... He mustn't have liked getting dropped or rotated, no matter what you want to call it. He, he, he would have uh, been so happy getting that goal today, bro. I, you know, again, a bit of a weight, a bit of a weight off his shoulders. And we all love Sonny. We all love him. We don't. Again, another player we don't want to criticize. We don't want to say drop him. I don't want it. But but if he's off form, then it's only right that, especially when you've got a squad, to use it. You know, and to use those other players, especially if you're not in form. And, and what I like about the deserved Sonny goal today was, again, like, he, like, like Kimbo said, he took it on his shoulders. He wasn't sulking about it. He didn't, he, he didn't have a, a, a woe is me kind of face on him. He was like, all right, let me show you. And he came on and within five minutes, he showed us all. So I'm so happy for, for Sonny. We know what a different side we are when Sonny's on fire, when Kane's on fire, when Kulu's on fire. All right? We know we're a different side. So more power to him. I really hope that he can get, the, get more of these type of performances and, and be the dangerous Sonny that we all know and love. Do you know what I mean? So, again, like he's had a couple of times where, he's, like Craig was saying, he scored the hat trick and he scored a couple of goals here and there. And, and we've all gone, all right, cool. Sonny's back now. Sonny's back. But it's the first time he's been dropped in a while or rested or rotated. And there's a £60 million player who's desperate for his position. So, I think with that, the fact that he's come on, determined you know, ready to change the game again and done it and got that goal and an assist from Harry, which is, again, part of the normality that we all like to see. Fantastic. And he didn't, he didn't, the, even the way that he, he, he struck, struck the ball, he didn't snatch at it. He was very calm. He was very composed. He, he slotted it in exactly how we all, like a, an informed Sonny would. And that was good to see. Do you know what I mean? He didn't snap at his chance. He actually just 
put it away like the good old Sonny we know and love. Do you know what I mean? So I'm so happy for him. I'm so happy for the team right now. Let's keep it going, please, boys. And um, I, I, if he got a goal or two or a hat-trick against Chelsea, my gosh, would Sonny be back? He, that would definitely be back then. Well, Stellini made a number of subs um, during, well, towards the end of the game, 77 minutes, uh, Perisic coming on, Lengley going off, and in a minute from time, Saar and Mora coming on, Skip and Kulisewski going off. Um, Tim, I want to come to you first on this. I want to talk a little bit about Antonio Conte. Of course, he's still in Italy. Um, it is being reported that he will be back for the AC Milan game. Do you think Conte will be back? Because there's a lot of Spurs fans believing at the moment that Conte will not return. Yeah, no, I think he'll be back. Uh, you know, he's not going to... Well, you know, once he's at Elf's up to scratch, why wouldn't he be back? I mean, listen, you know, I, I like Antonio Conte. I think he did marvellous to get us in, into fourth place last season. We're not particularly playing the football that, that Spurs fans want to see. Um, but just the fact what he did for us last season got us in fourth. I mean, listen, if we could go on and have a good run in the Champions League... FA Cup, I mean, you know, touch wood. I mean, yeah, who knows? He's won something everywhere he goes. I can't particularly see him doing this season, but wouldn't it be good if some of the big teams are out in the FA Cup? Who knows? Do you know what I mean? Um, but I do think it will be. There's no way Levy's going to mug him off by sacking him. Not someone like Antonio Conte. You just don't do that. I can't see it, you know, not, not for an unexplained reason. If people are saying, oh, we've still got the season to salvage. I've seen a lot of Spurs um, fans saying, listen, the style of... I think it will be a happy parting of ways, if I'm honest, um, with a lot of respect for, for Antonio at the same time. But... I think Spurs fans do like a certain style of football. And, you know, I mean, I'd be very surprised if it wasn't Poch that did come back. I'm not saying it's going to have an empty ending. I love Pochettino. He's, in all the years I've been going, and I did what, you know, I was. I mean, when I first started supporting Spurs, we had Keith Birkinshaw in charge. I started supporting them in the season that we was in the second division. And obviously, Birkinshaw, I think, took us down and brought us up. And, and you know, so I go back to those days. But, and I, you know, Birkinshaw, the general, is, is a great manager for me. He won the Cups. But Pochettino is my favourite ever manager. There's no two ways about it. Um, and I just... But it all depends if he's backed. I mean, you, all you can hope is if he does come back as a Levy learning's lesson, you know, by not refreshing that squad when he should have done. Um, I mean, Poch made mistakes as well. You can't deny it. I mean, just going back just slightly, I was thinking when Ricky was talking about Sonny... You know, no player should have been, should not be droppable, you know. And they play for Tottenham Hotspur. If they're not firing on all cylinders, you know, they're injured or not perhaps match fit or whether they want to play or not, it's neither here and there. And that was why it was so good to see Sonny take that like a man today rather than like a sulky child. But, I mean, I'm sure one of Potter's biggest mistakes, he'll admit it himself now, Harry wasn't match fit. He should never have started in the Champions League final. Mora, just for all his, you know, um, you know, heroics over in Ajax, he should have started that game. Even if he was brought off in the 50th minute, six, and then Harry would have had the last half hour. And I'm sure if Potts could play that game again, no player should be a, 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 an absolute certain starter, especially if they've not been in the side, whatever, even Harry Kane. Um, but 
you know, I just think in total, I just, I don't know. I mean, I like Conte and I think he'll be remembered. Listen, the fact we beat the, the you know, the last season, it didn't look like I was going to get top four. We did get top four. And I think he'll be remembered fondly. But his style of football is not going to be remembered fondly. Not really, do you know? And uh, I think it will be... You know, he obviously, he's made noises. He wants to go back to Italy. I feel sorry for him because, obviously, he's lost his, you know, his close friend, his right-hand man. And it seemed like, you know, that was such a um, tragedy for the players as well. He was a very popular guy. But the looks of it was sad. He's lost a couple of other friends. He's, you know, he's what I think his wife and daughter are still over in Italy. You know, I can understand his age. He wants to get home, whether he wants a break from football or to manage out there. And I wish him really well. He seems a nice guy for the future. But I think, you know, it's probably at the end of the season, whatever. It'd be great if he goes out with a trophy. Wouldn't it be great? You know, but even if he did win a trophy like the FA Cup, you know, I would I wouldn't want to see this style of football next season again, personally. Kim, just a very quick answer from you. Who will be the Spurs manager on the first of August? Pochettino. I do. I agree. I, I think that um, Conte will be here until the end of the season, and I completely agree with you. I think Pochettino will come back. Um, Craig, same question for you um, on Conte. Do you know what? I, I echo everything that Kim said. I know it's going to be a short answer, um, but I, 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 I think he'll be here. Um, I think he will come back. Firstly, I don't, I don't subscribe to these series that he's just going to stay in Italy, and that's going to be it. I think he will come back. I think he'll be with us till the end of the season now. And I think Poch will be our manager on on first of August um, to lead us next season. And I think that will probably be the only, or one of the only things that will persuade Harry Kane to stay. I, I don't think Kane's making. You haven't heard much. I think we will keep Harry Kane. I think we'll keep him regardless. I think he's kind of missed missed the boat sadly for him. Unless United come in with a ridiculous offer, but then he's then it's kind of up to him whether he wants to go to United and move to Manchester, which I'm not convinced he. Perhaps would with his young family. I don't know. You know, sometimes, sometimes just being a one club man. You know, when he looks up at that stadium and sees, you know, he speaks to Ledley King. You know, this is my club, my one and only club. And I come back to it, what I've said on here before, and people will disagree with me. But when you think of Alan Shearer, what do you think? What's the first thing you think of when you when you when somebody mentions Alan Shearer? For me, it's Premiership all time top scorer. Not that Alan Shearer, Alan Shearer Premiership winner, although Alan Shearer obviously did win the win the Premiership. That's the only thing he won in his career. But I, I, whether he'd say this in, in, in public, if you said to Shearer, give me five more Premier League titles, but take away all my goals, I'm not sure he would. So, so you know, Harry Kane's a goal machine. He wants to score goals. Of course he wants to win. But somebody said on here before, Winning trophies isn't everything. Of course, we all want it. And of course, he will want it. But I think being settled, being a club legend, being a one-club man, there's a lot to be said for that as well. Um, but coming back to the original uh, question, I think Pochettino will be our manager on 1st of August. And Chris, I've got to drop off now, unfortunately. Um, but thanks for having me on again. And I'll give you my prediction for Chelsea. Um, I would... Well, for... Firstly, I would imagine Raheem Sterling will probably play for Darren Altman. I think, I think, I think Raheem Sterling plays for Chelsea now. Um, I'm going to say I'm going to say two-one Tottenham for Chelsea, Chris. But I've, I'm really sorry I've got the drop-offs now. So thanks for having me on again, Craig. Thanks so much. See you soon. Cheers. Thanks, Rick. See you. Cheers, Kim. Take it easy.
See you soon, Craig. Bye. Just talking about Darren Altman, um, a very happy belated birthday to Darren. He turned happy 50 birthday, this Friday. Um, happy birthday, Darren. Ricky, um, we will wrap this up soon, by the way. Um, Ricky, um, doesn't it seem a little bit disrespectful towards Antonio Conte, the comments that we've seen online about him, the job that he's done at Spurs? Yeah, but, it, you know, like, Conte has also left gaps for those that want to create controversy in the silence. You know, I don't know if that makes any sense. But you, the fact that he hasn't signed a deal, the fact that there have been these comments after, you know, once we restarted the Premiership after the World Cup, there were like certain comments in the press conference where I just felt a bit bitty about it. And then he had the press conference in Italy and we, look, we know he's been in hospital for this gallbladder and it, it, it hasn't, he came back too quick and it hasn't healed up as, as quick as everybody wanted it to. It's a little bit more serious than um, everybody thought. But um, the, in, in between those, those AC Milan uh, press conferences, he was speaking about his love for Italy. He was speaking about Italy being his first home and he will be back at some point. He spoke about the intensity between um, Italian football and English football and, and how Italian football is like going to war every week. And almost like if, you're, if you support a side in a premiership, it's almost as if you can go and just enjoy watching the game rather than fight into the death to kind of win that game. So you saw his affections for Italy and, and that's bound to happen. But even when, even when we were speaking about Conte at the beginning and he signed for us, I said, don't fall in love with him. You know what I mean? Don't fall in love with him because he could win the league with us and then decide to leave after that. Do you know what I mean? He's done it before. Um, so whether he had a year contract or a five-year contract, he's going to leave when he feels it's right to leave. And it does seem that he is kind of fluttering his eyelashes back at Italy. Um, but, you know, like Kimbo said there, everything that she said, he's lost friends. Um, you know, there is a, he's a deep, emotional, passionate man. He's missing his family as well. He's of an age where there's sometimes you just want to go home. But it's only in, in, in amongst the silence that people have speculated and kind of made up their own stories and said that he's not coming back or tried to disrespect him in a, in a certain way. He could obviously stop that by signing a deal and say that he's committed to Tottenham or within his press conferences, you know, really kind of show that he's, he's, he's about winning stuff for us and for this club. And, and maybe if he was a little bit more convincing that, the speculators might not have anywhere to go. But look, the reality is that he hasn't signed a new deal. The reality is that, yes, there's a one-year trigger option, but if he don't want it and the club don't want it, then what's the point in signing? You know what I mean? I do really think that over the World Cup, they must have had that time and space, the club and Conte, to sit down and talk, and something wasn't right after that. Because... Pre-World Cup, I would have said that he's staying for another couple of seasons. I would have said that he's looking to build a project. You know, all right, we can't buy 18 players at once, a bit like Chelsea did, but we're doing it two, three players at a time, two, three players. So it looked like he was building. You know, if we're talking about Bastoni, is Bastoni going to come to us in the summer if Conte ain't there? And we've all been on and after Bastoni for a long while. Yudoji, he's coming in to play left wing back. You know, so... I thought he was really building something, but it, there has been certain comments and bits and pieces that 
have, have come out after the World Cup where it has made me feel a bit uneasy. Now, I know he does this to kind of hold the club to account and to almost, like, make sure that he gets what you've promised him, whether that be players or a new medical team or whatever the case may be. But um, I think this time around, it is a bit... It's, it's a bit... It's tough. It's tough. So um, I, I think love him while he's here, but just don't fall in love with him. You know, love him while he's here. While he's got a cock call on his chest... And he's shown passion. He's shown how much he wants to be here. You saw it at the end of the Fulham game. You saw that the fact that he came back, you know, after uh, an operation two days later because he wanted to be there. From Stellini, they're having three phone calls a day. And, and he, from what we hear, Conte's like, I want to come back. I'm sorry. I want to come back. I want to come back. I want to come back. I want to come So he wants to be back. You know what I mean? And a bit like Harry Kane, while, while Conte's wearing the shirt, let's back him and give him as much support as we need to, let's be the 12th, 13th, 14th man, you know, in, in, in the stadium, home or away. And let's push this, hopefully, this uh, Ricky, side to something to great. Ricky, would you want him to be here next season? If you had the choice, would you want him to be here next season? It's really tough, Kim, because I think you made a great point about the style of football. It is tough to watch. But I was, I, I did jump on the Conte train, which was, we're, we're, we're going to win now. You know, and that means players for now. That means training for now. That means that type of dogged spirit to kind of go and get it right now. And we'll see if that happens at the end of the season. We'll see. You know, they, like you said, there's FA Cup, there's Champions League, there's top four to play for. There's Maybe a lot won, to play for. Just say, for instance, he won the FA Cup with this style of football. Would you rather him not just bow out as winning a trophy or would you want him there next season? It's tough because we haven't won for so long. So if we won something, playing this system under him, part of me would want to continue that growth. But part of me, like you, everybody said, it's like the style of football and, and, and watching Tottenham, it, it's a tough watch most weeks. And I'm, I'm a Poch lover as well. I loved what Poch done for the side. And I, even when we didn't win, I, I, I always felt that we could whether it be a last minute or I don't care who big the team was, whether it was Real Madrid or Juventus or Bayern Munich, I always felt that with Poch, we could win with the style of play and the players that we had there. And they wasn't a hundred million pound players. They were four million Deli Alley. Do you know what I mean? Four or five million Deli Alley who he turned into a world beater. And, and the, he got the best out of the side, you know? So I, that was like you, Kim, that was my most exciting time. That was my most favorite time to watch Tottenham. And if that happens, then I'm not going to be upset about it. But if we went on with Conte to start winning, actually winning stuff, part of me would feel like, are we missing the trick? Because as he even started yet, is, is this the beginning of something great, you know, that we, we're then letting him go or he's going to swan off to it, back to Italy and we almost mm. jutter and stutter again. So that, that, it, it's, a, it's a tough question to answer. Because I jumped the on ideal the scenario show. would be him winning the FA Cup, be remembered fondly, and then Poch come back and win a summit more. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, you know, I wouldn't complain, Kimbo. I would not complain. With we've that. got we've, we've our style of football. With our style of football, with a proper Tottenham side. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't complain with about that at all. I love that idea. Um, Kim, of course, the next game, Chelsea at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium next weekend. Give me a score prediction. How do you think this is going to go? 
Well, now we, I've spoken to Ricky earlier. I think Ben Davis is going to score an absolute screamer. And I shall remind him of it forevermore. Yes, yes you do. I'll, I'll go for a Ben Davis volley for a start. And uh, I've got to say, a Spurs win. I mean, let's just hope we turn up for once. We don't want to do what we did today because we're Chelsea's players. If we give them three chances in the first 11, 12 minutes, we'll probably be a goal or two down, even though they haven't been playing well, because you know what they're like when they're playing us. Um, so I would go for, I'm going to go for 3-2 Spurs with a Ben Davis screamer as one of them. What are you going to go for? Because they've spent a lot of money. These players haven't gelled. They haven't clicked yet. They're sitting mid-table. They're in 10th spot. Uh, you know, for the money that they've spent in 10th and they're struggling to score goals at the moment, how do you feel this is going to go? Um, you know, I'm going to echo Kimbo, first and foremost. I'm going to echo what she just said there about Davies and 3-1 as well. But, like, look, we know as well what Craig was saying earlier, that we, we've all got that in the back of our heads, that, all right, cool, Chelsea have gone on a poor run. But, of course, turning up to Tottenham, they're going to turn into world beaters again. Um, look, they're, but they're not the same Chelsea. They've bought so many players. There's a, that, that, there's a lot of players that don't have that Chelsea-Tottenham mentality and that kind of, that, that hatred for, for us and when they play us and that expectation to win against us because they've they've basically changed their whole side so there is that right so they don't have that thing in their head that when you come to tottenham you, you pick up three points so there is that but again what we said earlier it's all about us now forget what chelsea what form they're in uh, and forget what players they've got and forget how much they've spent it's about the 90 minutes next week right so it's all about us and and how we approach the game and how we go out and get what's rightfully ours. Do you know what I mean? So, I'm, I'm with I'm with Kimbo. I, I see a Tottenham win, and I see a three-one. And do you know what? I would love it for Davies to score. I would love it a bit like Keegan. I would love it if he scored a screamer. <laughs> and I would love to be wrong as well, and he scored a screamer as well. Yeah, it'd be nice. I tell you what, we're in the top four, as I've mentioned a couple of times this evening. Uh, it's about staying in the top four and getting Champions League football for whoever is in charge next season. Kim, it's been an absolute pleasure having you back. I think you've got a very good record on this channel, actually. Every time that, that you're on, we seem to pick points up. So please come back again. Will do. Thanks for having me again, Chris. Well, it's been a pleasure having you here. Thank you so much. And Ricky, uh, where can people find you and what are you up to at the moment? Oh, mate, uh, you know where you can find me, probably on this channel at some point. Um, and where else, what else am I doing? You know you can find me on Twitter uh, at, Ricky Nor at Ricky J Norwood, on Insta, official Ricky Norwood. And right now, bro, it's, there's just a lot of madness happening. House bits and pieces, you know, me and the missus, we're, we're, we're preparing to move house. So there's a lot going on, my friend. So, um, yeah, that's what we're doing. We're concentrating on boxes. Uh, and uh, gaffer tape right now. So, uh, yeah, a lot's going on, bro. A lot's going on. Well, good luck with that. And thanks so much for coming back, Rick. Um, Kim, I should have said, any new books to look out for? Uh, yeah, I'm just, um, I'm delivering my, uh, the sequel to The Family Man next month. Um, it's called The Boys. I'm having two books out next year. I, I thought they'd bring it out autumn, this one, but they're not. They've decided to bring the two out next year. So they're going to do a big campaign. KC is back because I've had a little break, which is nice. And yeah, I'll be on tour a couple of times next year up and down the country. So I'm having, um, I think it's coming out 28th of February, the boys. 
And then um, the third in the uh, trilogy, which that will be coming out sort of in autumn next year. So I'm going to have a really busy one next year. So, no, all good. So, all good, my end. Thank you. Well, the very best for that. Ricky, Kimberly, and of course, Craig, who left us early. Thank you so much for your time this evening. Thank you so much to everybody who watched this stream and uh, listened to this on an audio platform. I will see you next week when hopefully uh, we have beaten Chelsea and remain in the top four. Until then, come on, you Spurs. Come on, Spurs. <laughs>